your sovereignty and your holiness. We serve a mighty God. You are powerful. You are glorious. You are magnificent. You are awesome. And you are holy. Lord, just like the angels surround your throne. Likewise, we are gathered in your presence today. In awe of your splendor. In all of the fact that you love to dwell amongst us. Lord, we bless you. We give you honor. We give you glory. And we give you praise. In Jesus' name. Can somebody find the best praise you've given him in the past year? Before you're seated, please tell your neighbor, one conversation will change everything. Tell your other neighbor, the one that doesn't want a conversation, tell that neighbor, one conversation will change absolutely everything. You may be seated. We began a series this month of August with Pastor Joseph Cesack. We're going to continue it throughout the course of August and September. Conversations with Jesus that change the world. These are life-changing, iconic conversations full of biblical truths that are applicable for you and I today. A conversation of Jesus will change absolutely everything. More than ever, as we come out of this season and there's a fight back and the Delta variant today, tomorrow, American Airlines variant. After that will, of course, be the Southwest variant. That will be the cheapest. That'll be the cheapest variant. I mean, all these things, this idea that we're in, in, a, in a perpetual down the slippery slope mode, as Christians, we have good news. The gospel is good news. If the world needs anything right now, it is Jesus. Jesus. So we have two conversations. We began with Nicodemus, John chapter 3. And today I want to lead you to John chapter 4. It's a conversation Jesus had with a woman. This conversation has so many implications to it, so deep, so applicable for our current reality. Amazing. I mean, this is just a crazy conversation. He has a conversation with a woman from another ethnicity, another race, culture. Controversial at that time because these two cultures did not get along. Did not get along. So it was a cultural dynamic. Sound familiar? There were cultural conversations about ethnicity and race. There was a conversation about gender, about this woman coming to the well at 12 o'clock noon because women wouldn't go to the well by themselves at 12 o'clock. Women would go to the well in the morning or late afternoon before sunset, and they would go in groups. Women wouldn't go to wells by themselves. It conveyed a message. It's like the woman alone at the bar. Do you follow what I'm saying? So women wouldn't go to the well by themselves. And then Jesus has the audacity to ask a woman from another culture, another race, by herself, do you have any water? <laughs> you get this. Here it is. The title today is 12 o'clock at Jacob's Well. Chapter 4, John. Jesus knew the Pharisees had heard that he was baptizing and making more disciples than John. John the Baptist, meaning. 
Though Jesus himself did not baptize them, he, his disciples did. He left Judea and returned to Galilee. He had to go through Samaria on the way. Somebody say he had to go through. Say it like you believe it. He had to go through. Has anyone here in the past year and a half had, did you have to go through something to get to somewhere else? So don't ever tell Jesus, you don't know what it is to have to go through. That verse explicitly says in the Greek, he had to go through. We all have to go through something. We have to go through to get to. Eventually, he came to the Samaritan village of Shekhar, near the field that Jacob gave to his son, Joseph. This is powerful. Jacob, Jacob, Jacob. Jacob's well was there. Somebody say, Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime, hence 12 o'clock at Jacob's well. I'm going to give you three quick points today, but I want you to place them in your spirit. Point number one, your children will drink from the well. Just repeat after me. My children and my children's children will drink from the well. Eventually, he came to the Samaritan village of Shekar, near the field that Jacob gave to his son. Verse 6, Jacob's well was there. Jacob's well was there. Jacob's well was there. Jacob's well is located near the Samaritan city of Shekar, which is another name for Shechem. That was the name for Shechem. It was synonymous with Shechem. In Genesis 33, Jacob comes to the city of Shechem, Shekar, following his encounter with Esau and purchases a plot of land east of the city. So Jacob built that well. Jacob, here we have, Jacob built a well 2,000 years, 1,876 years approximately, close to 2,000 years before Jesus drank from that well. I'm going to put this in perspective. Jacob built a well close to 2,000 years prior to Jesus drinking from that well. Mm, okay, put in his ancestor, Jacob, because Jesus comes out of that root, that lineage. His ancestor built a well close to 2,000 years. 2,000 years later, Jesus is drinking from something his ancestor dug up close to two thousand years before can't preach yet we're not there yet samuel ah! jesus drank from a source his forefathers built i'm gonna have to go there two thousand years before jacob built the well and now jesus is drinking from the well that his ancestors his forefathers built here it is your children and your children's children will drink from the well of faith in christ you are building today I want to repeat that till every demon gets irritated, every devil gets a migraine, everything that came up against you is about to get in a real bad mood. Your children and your children's children and your children's children's children will drink from the well of faith in Christ you are building today. If you believe that, praise like you know it's true. I'm going to speak to someone right now. This is why you can't give up. This is why the battle is so intense. Man, I feel this. What you build by faith in Christ in your generation will quench the thirst of future generations. 
What you build by faith in Christ in your generation will nourish future generations. Let me declare by faith the following in the context of this biblical narrative. You are a modern day Jacob. You are about to build, and some of you are already in the process of building. Woo! A faith well, a family well, a financial well, a favor well, where Christ is the living water that will bring an end to the thirst. If you believe that, say amen. Let me put it in perspective. What you're building right now, a well of faith in Jesus Christ, will bring an end to the thirst once and for all. I'm going to declare some things by faith through Christ out of this biblical passage. What you are building right now, you, you, you being used by the Holy Spirit, you as a temple of God, you as the outcome of the vicarious atoning work of Jesus, you as the benefactor of his grace, you're a modern day Jacob. You're going to build some stuff. You're building stuff right now. Not the next, you are building something right now that will feed the future generations why do you think the enemy, all hell, has been launched to try to stop you? Why do you think you've been through the spiritual warfare you've been through? Why do you think everything has come up against you? It's not about you. Get over yourself. It's because your children and your children's children and your children's children's children. I promise you in Jesus' name, if you get this word somewhere down the road, you're going to have children. And I don't mean just physical. I mean spiritual. You're going to... Your daughters and your sons, spiritual and physical, two, three, five, ten generations from now, are going to say, I am, I'm drinking from the well that my great, 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 great grandmother, my great, great, great grandfather, they overcame poverty, they overcame addiction, they overcame divorce, they overcame dysfunctional family, they overcame, they survived a COVID pandemic, and they never gave up Jesus, we're drinking from that well. Generational bondage is coming to an end. If you believe that, raise your hand. Generational bondages are coming to an end. In your generation, Jacob, financial thirst is coming to an end. Is this for you? Mental and spiritual poverty is coming to an end. Financial poverty is coming to an end. Addiction is coming to an end. Divorce ends in your generation. I feel the Lord. Unbelief is coming to an end. Unforgiveness is coming to an end. Sexual immorality is coming to an end. Lies are coming to an end. Doubt is coming to an end. Shame is coming to an end. Insecurity is coming to an end. In your generation, I dare you to lift up both hands. And say, that thirst will come to an end in my generation. I dare you to say, I am building something. Just say, I know, I get it. I am building something way beyond me. My children, my children's children, my children's children's children, my children's 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 children will one day drink from the well that I am digging up. Any Jacobs in the house on a Sunday morning? Woo! Woo, so dig! Dig, dig, dig! Dig up the well! Dig up the well! Dig up the well. Here's what the Bible says. Isaiah 49, verse 25. For I will contend with him who contends with you. 
the Amplified Version, anyone who comes after you, I'm going to come after them. And I will save, defend, preserve, rescue, deliver your children. Whoever comes after you, I'm going to come after them, and I'm going to take care of your children. Isaiah 54, 13, your sons, your children will be taught by the Lord. He'll be instructed by the Lord. And great will be your children's shalom, your children's peace. Ah. Jeremiah 31, 16 to 17. Thus says the Lord. I know you've been weeping, but you may want to change from weeping. Great verse. You've been using your voice to weep, but you may want to refrain your voice from weeping. You've been using your eyes to cry, but you may want to keep your eyes from crying because the work of raising your children shall be rewarded. And they, your children shall come back from the land of the enemy. In this hope, you can you know, be, be for certain. The Lord says, your children will come back to their own border, their place of peace and of well-being. If you believe that, give God a shout of praise. Somebody say, dig up the well. Dig up the well. So ladies and gentlemen, it's time to put the iPhone down and pick up a shovel. It's time to put the remote down and pick up a shovel. It's time to, to stop the swiping and start the digging. And internally. And so, um, I'm writing this. I hear the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I just. <laughs> dig. Dig, dig, dig. Start digging. If you would only get this right here. To me, I want to get into Is the conversation. Is that serious? Jesus in the oh, my God. Inevitably. Were you done? Yeah, I was pretty much done. Like, I think okay. that was good. I was okay. like, do I have anything? But then I started laughing. I was like, well, yeah. that his Okay, no, this is so... Thank you, Judge. Okay, this is the last one. Yeah. What? What? Advice would you give to... Son of man, the son of God, a parent, number one world changer, the creator of the world who changed the world, would drink has gone through this with their child, yeah, or is going through this. You can make it general, or is going through this now, and one that could possibly go through it. You know what I mean? So any advice that you have um, for the parent on the parent side, and then the second part of that is what advice you would give to someone that is going through it or has gone through it and like kind of like that they need to speak up or like, you know what I mean? Like kind of like what Bella did, but for whether it's an adult or a kid or a tell your parents. Give them one more shout of praise. So I'll do the first part and I'll say the second part. Yeah, I was like, yeah. Yeah, it was a lot. You're like, hold on, hold on. You're like, uh, okay. Okay, so first question, what advice would you give to a parent that has gone through this as you have or is going through this now with their child or could possibly go through this? The advice I would give to a parent who has gone through this or is going through this is, number one, um, 
don't beat yourself up. You know, like, forgive yourself. You know, you are not God, so you can't always be there. You know, every second, you know, you know something happening to your child, I know that it's devastating, and you feel responsible because it's, you know, your child, but know that, um, you know, you can't, you can't take that total responsibility all on yourself, you know? Um, and so just to forgive yourself and have grace, you know, there. And second, um, you know, I just want to encourage you that, like, God can heal anything, anything, anything that's ever happened. I know that in my own life, um, something as horrific, you know, that happened to me but and, isn't this and powerful? it really, I'm not the one that used really well impacted me. Um, God so made it as though it Listen, has you gotta go it never happened, you know, you so there's a restoration, the there's a healing, the you know, that can happen that. You, you know, dig up the dirt, than it ever you remove was. You know, the you dirt, and when you remove you know, the dirt, you get to the rock. You that it's not there's like a rock underneath the dirt. And, now it, like, my and then underneath the rock, there's forever, a water table. You know, as parents, when people get confused um, that I discovered doing my thorough Google therapy, diligence, it's that I, you know, when you like, dig up the, the dirt and you remove the dirt, some of the water is so powerful, the water pressure is so powerful, that it actually leaks through the rocks. Um, so it's not the fullness super, of the water, and not the, it's not the greatest water. The best um, water is at the bottom. I think but that some, sometimes it's it's really really helpful for, for some of the water breaks through the rock, and many and, of the people, I would argue, um, over ninety five percent of people spiritually in their relationships, uh, they live shallow. They never go through the next layer. In, you their, know, in your faith walk, in your, in your walk with Jesus, even in your relationships, we children, have shallow relationships really because we get a little bit of water that comes out of the rock you know, and we think that's it. And then God says, no, no, no. If you go right? deeper, so you I will find a well. If you go deeper, there is a well of living water that will never run out. I hear the Holy Spirit say, go deep. Look at your neighbor, tell him, go deep. Oh, I heard the Holy Spirit say, go deep. I was in Ohio about to preach. Jason Fordick is next to me. A big conference. And I'm about to preach. And I'm not even thinking about this. I'm about to preach on something completely different. And I'm about to go up. I'm a massive way with introductions. And I just raise my hands in worship. And they tell me, all right, sir, you ready? I'm ready. They're about to introduce me. So I'm getting ready. All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit hits me. Not about what I'm about to preach then but about this church and about this message. And God says, Samuel, regarding Sunday, tell my children, tell my church, go deep. Go deep. God told me, Samuel, for you and even for the church, don't be satisfied with the water that's cracking out of... Don't be satisfied with a casual move of God. Don't be satisfied with a periodic touch of his glory. God said, I dare you to go deep. This is going to require you to break through. This you dig. This you break through. But the moment you break through, there is a well of living water that will never run dry. Anybody here ready to go deep in the presence? Anybody here really... How many believe there's more in God's presence? More in God's glory? How many are tired of shallow religion? How many are tired of shallow religious encounters? 
How many are tired of shallow conferences and shallow postings? How many are hungry enough that you're willing to break through? Am I preaching to anyone here? Is there anybody here hungry for the glory of God that you're willing to break through? Break through your own ideas. Break through your own belief systems. Break through the hell you went through in the past. Break through, break through. Because if you break through, there is living water that will never run dry. Thank you guys so much. Um, All the people that are willing to go deep for, race, um, both hands. Thank you guys so much for All the people inclined and poised to break I'm, through raise them really high. Excited about SAS kids. There is a call from the spirit of the living God. And then there let people know or like heaven. follow you or something okay. like that. Just for God's children to break through. I feel weird saying that now. Breakthrough. Like, but yeah. What? The saying like you can follow me. These are yeah, the hard conversations. I know, I know, I don't know. No, I'll put it in such a serious. I'll just put it in. Yeah, I'll put it in. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Hard we'll do it at the like, yeah. end of the credits or whatever, yeah. and like we'll put your at on your thing when you kind of yeah. pop up or whatever. We'll figure that out. Yeah, These I know it's a different It's just a different, yeah. yeah. Five, five. <laughs> <laughs> These are the things well, you're going to have to break through through fasting and prayer and intercession. Dang. I'm to anyone here. Oh, I so, feel the Lord. Uh, I'm here to uh, tell you, you, you and your family you need to get ready. I heard the Holy Spirit say, and I wrote it down. You so your family's about to experience a breakthrough. Okay. Let me say that one more time. Your family's about to experience a breakthrough. Your family's about to experience a breakthrough. Your family's about to experience a breakthrough. Are you willing to break through? <laughs> These are the layers. You want to get to this, and not just the residual that comes out. Horrible. I, 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 I definitely am. Yeah, yeah. I know. It's so happy, Judges. Thank you all so much for allowing me to be a part of this. I really, really love um, this book. You know, reading it and. Um, just, you know, what is child abuse and behaviors that are concerning. You know, that, for me, like, as a parent, you know, being able to catch that in my daughter so early before it went any further was so important. So I'm really so excited about what you guys are doing. And um, thank you guys for having me. When it says that God made man out of dust. I love you guys. Protect your kids. <laughs> Protect your kids. Do not to the point where all that is required is his breath. After the fall, the dirt now represents our fallen nature. Psalm 89:39 says, You have repudiated the covenant with your servant. You have defiled his crown in the dirt. The Bible is full of verses regarding dirt, soil, and dust. There are two particular meta-narratives in scripture as it pertains to the removal of dirt. The dirt that you place on yourself and the dirt that others place on you. So when God says remove the dirt from Genesis to Revelation, it's because you're stepping into one of two corresponding seasons. The first time is when he says remove the dirt. Is because you are about to stand on holy ground. Joshua 5.15. The command of the Lord's army said, take off your sandals. The place where you are standing is holy. The primary carry of dirt in biblical times 
was your sandals, your footwear. Your footwear in scripture represents your experiences, your journey, and what you've been through. So God says, remove it because this is holy ground. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, in the year 2021, holiness matters. And here's the great news. In Christ, you are holy. Somebody say, I am holy in Christ. You are complete. You are 100% holy. Let me repeat. You may do, you, what you may do may not be holy, but who you are in Christ. That's why your style must match your substance. Your identity is already sanctified. Now your actions have to catch up with his word. So I hear the Holy Spirit say, remove the dirt. Take off your sandals. God's about to show California he's a holy God. I'm going to say that one more time. God's about to show California he's a holy God. You, I'm going to say that one more time. God's about to show. I'm prophesying over this state. God's about to show the largest state in the nation that he is a holy God. God's about to show California, you can't legislate me out. You can't kick me out of California. This is my California. This is my California. God's about to show California, he is a holy God. God's about to show America, he is a holy God. God's about to show you and your children and your children's children that he is a holy God. Wherever God's presence is present, that is holy ground. I'm going to say that one more time. Wherever God's presence is present, that is holy ground. So according to the Bible, the devil cannot occupy holy ground. Evil cannot occupy holy ground. Darkness cannot occupy holy ground. Let's do something right now, please. I'm going to wrap up. If I'm too energized today, please forgive me. I haven't preached here in two weeks, so it is what it is. Please, please look at your neighbor. Tell him, neighbor, the Holy Spirit lives in me. I live in Christ. He is holy. Therefore, I am holy ground. My family is holy ground. Somebody say it like you believe it and kick every devil out. My health is holy ground. My future is holy ground. My bank account is holy ground. My church is holy ground. My mind is holy ground. My relationships are holy ground. If you're holy ground, raise your hand. The Bible also encourages us that we, that we should remove the dirt whenever we experience rejection. Matthew 10, 14, if any household or town refuses or welcomes you, listen to the message. Shake the dust, the dirt from your feet. When someone rejects you, when someone denies you, when someone disrespects you, do not walk away with the rejection. Do not walk away with the hurt. Shake it off. Somebody say, shake it off. Leave it there. Leave it in that season. Leave it in that moment. No, get this. Leave it in that relationship. The problem is that people like to bring the dirt from their previous relationship into their new relationship. The problem is that they bring the dirt from their last church experience into their new church experience. They bring the drama from five years ago into the next five years. Somebody say, leave it there. God says, leave it there. 
Oh, don't carry it any longer. Stand with me. You are standing. Whoever's not standing. Do not permit your past wounds to impede your present worship. Do not permit the pain of the past to obstruct the promise of the future. Do not permit your past wounds to impede your present worship. When your hunger for righteousness is greater than your fear of rejection, nothing can stop you. Did you get that? When your hunger for righteousness is greater than your fear of rejection. Sometimes we don't do things because we fear being rejected. But when your hunger for God is greater than your fear of man, nothing can stop you. If you got this, raise both hands. Three layers. Final, final point as you stand is go deep or go home. Go deep or go home. The dirt, the rock, and the water table. Shallow. Shallow, shallow. Some of the water is so strong here. That the pressure is so great that it breaks through the rocks. And people get satisfied with drinking that water. Even though it's not the best water. The best water is the deep water. It's the water from the water table. And I know it has more minerals, all the nutrients, all of that. But shallow is so convenient. This is, I'm, I'm, someone's going to get really rocked here theologically, but it's okay. Because it's biblically centered and theologically sustained. Some people are just satisfied with being saved. Which is the number one thing to be satisfied with. Yeah, you're not going to hell. Great news. But that's not what God wants you to do. He didn't, he didn't save you. Because he removes the dirt. If all you want to do is be saved, all you got to do is get the dirt removed, which requires you, Romans chapter 10, to confess Jesus, to believe in your heart that he is the way, that he died for the forgiveness of your sins. If you truly believe that, then you experience John 10, 28, and 29, which means nothing will take you away from his grip and grasp. Praise the Lord. That's great. Biggest news in the world. But then all you got to do is remove this. Can you help me out, Pastor Whitmore? Remove that top part. That's, no, for real, remove it. No, serio. No, I'm serious. Must have been Old Testament removal there. All you got to do is confess Jesus. So stay, stay right there. So that's, that's salvation. If you want to change the world, you got to break through. This is where you go through this stuff. The hard conversations in life. The hard stuff you don't want to confront. The layers all the way deep that are hard. It's the hard stuff. Oh, by the way, this is not, this, the shallow part, that, this is, this right here, can you lift that up, please? The dirt. This part right here, th this is, the shallow part is convenient. The shallow is easy. The shallow is superficial. Shallow water, as you know, becomes stagnant. Shallow water, shallow faith, shallow love. Shallow living is dangerous and even potentially deadly. 
Here's what I read from that Google crazy Wikipedia, you know, well-digging biblical times, modern-day comparative analysis. Water at the surface above the rocks is full of elements that harm the body. The best water, according to them, requires us to go deep. Here's a statement that came out of well digging, not from scripture. Purity is found in depth. Purity is found in depth. Deep wells, here's another statement which rocked me. Deep wells are not impacted by surface developments. Oh, you missed it. I wish I had time. Here's what it says. Droughts, fires, and storms do not impact wells that are dug deep. That should prompt. If we had a running church, we would have at least two runners right around now. The stuff that happens in the surface will never impact the well that God has already unleashed in your life. Are you with me right now? The storm cannot stop you. The fire cannot stop you. The hurricane cannot stop you. Droughts, fires, and storms will never impact a deep well. When the well is deep, whatever happens in the surface will never stop the water from flowing. If you're getting this, raise your hand. So you have a choice today between being shallow or being deep. Show me, show me, lift it up one time. If it was for Samuel Rodriguez's sake, I would have stopped right here. Because this is, this is convenient. But because this is not just about me. Because it's about my children and my children's children. I have no other choice but to start going deeper. And I'm not going to stop till I hit the water table. I dare you to look at your neighbor and tell him, I'm not going to stop until the fullness of the well is unleashed for me and my family. Tell him, I will not stop. I cannot stop. I will not stop. I feel the Lord. I won't stop praising. I won't stop worshiping. I won't stop praying. I won't stop prophesying. I won't stop fasting. I won't stop lifting up the name of Jesus. I won't stop telling the world that he is the only way. Is there anybody here who is committed to break through? Shallow is about convenience. Deep requires conviction. Shallow is about feelings. Deep is about truth. And to go deep means you must be willing to break through the limestone, the rocks, the hard places. The well that lasts the longest are the wells that go the deepest. The deeper the well, the longer the life. You have to break through in order for fresh water to spring up. A well requires a breakthrough. So if you hit rock bottom, if you hit rock bottom, if the devil is laughing because you hit rock bottom, he has no idea. He placed you closer to the well. He has no idea you're about to break through. You're about to break through. 
You're about to break through. Breakthrough in your family, in your faith, in your health. Breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough. All right, lift up your hands. We're done for real. There's a little footnote about the well, because next time I'm going to get into the conversation. In the Old Testament, in, in, Bible, in Bible times, it took 15 men 90 days to dig a well. Yeah, in the old times. What if I tell you that no matter how strong you are, you can't break through by yourself? You need people in your life. When they see you at rock bottom, to say, you're not alone. Right underneath that rock, there is a well of living water that will not only quench your thirst, it will quench the thirst of your children and your children's children and your children's children for generations to come. We're really done. I'm, I, no, no joke, no hype this time. Last time, raise your hands. Heavenly Father, you gave me this word. Lord, I'm preaching in Ohio and your Holy Spirit hits me and you tell me, go deep, Samuel. Go deep. Tell the church to go deep. There's so much more. No more superficial Christianity. No more shallow faith. No more shallow marriages and relationships. And no more shallow experience. No more superficial. No. Go deep. Break through the bedrock. Go deep. Heavenly Father, today we stand committed. In this service, under your anointing, to go deep. We're not going to give up. Even those of us who have hit rock bottom, it only means we're closer to the well. When we are in Christ, and Christ is in us. In Jesus' name. If you truly receive this entire message, give him the best praise you've given him in the past couple of weeks.